Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for coming to Last First Date Radio. This is Sandy Weiner, and I am the Chief Love Officer at LastFirstDate.com. I'm the dating and love coach for women over 40 who want to attract and sustain a lasting, loving, healthy relationship. And I just just so you know that if you're not a woman over 40, maybe you're a man over 40, maybe you're not single, um, you're still going to get a lot out of this show and every show because my shows are really geared to helping people have healthy, successful relationships no matter what. So... This show in particular is for both men and women, married and single, and I'm going to be speaking with psychologist Catherine Foster about men and romance and the naked truth about it all. So this is going to be a fun, fun show. And as a dating coach, it is my mission to help women over 40 become the woman of value that attracts the man who they are really attracted to. And I find that So many women and men give up their value to compromise, to settle for people who they think they can be in a good relationship with. But if you give up your value, you're not being true to yourself. And that's it's such an important thing to be true to your essence, to your values in order to attract the best partner. And what I have seen over and over again is that people tend to sabotage themselves in dating without even realizing it. And one of the biggest mistakes that I have seen women make over and over again, and I have to say that I'm guilty of this too, is that they date with a very masculine type of energy. And what I mean by this is that they bring the same type of energy that they bring to their workplace into their dating life. So they show up maybe even in that same three-piece suit that they wear to work or whatever it is that women wear to a corporate job. They don't change into more feminine, sexy clothing. Um, They come in competing um, with a man, and that is not what most men are looking for. Um, Men want in a woman what they can't provide for themselves, and women want the same in a man. Even though a lot of people think they want their clones, um, and that's very common that people say, I want a man just like me. I want a woman who's just like me. The truth is you'd probably kill each other if you were with somebody who was just like you. So uh, one of the mistakes when you come to dating with that same energy that you bring to work that helps you to succeed at work, it's not what works in a relationship. So there are so many of these types of little tweaks that you can make to help you to really attract the kind of relationship that you're looking for. And I've created a free guide to explain the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn those around with actionable exercises to uh, to create the relationship of your dreams. And I would love to give that to you. It's my gift. And if you'd like a copy, all you have to do is go on lastfirstdate.com and sign up on my homepage because I want you to go on your last first date. Today's show is sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. 
What's great about Audible is that you can listen to those audiobooks whenever and wherever you like, whether you're at the gym or running or doing whatever you want in the car. You can listen to audiobooks and be taking a book with you wherever you like. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. That's audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. My guest, Catherine Foster, is a psychologist in private practice in Fort Worth, Texas. She has a master's degree in marriage and family counseling and a Ph.D. in psychology. She has practiced psychotherapy for 26 years, and she's written two companions to The Naked Truth About Men and Romance. One is for couples, but written for men, and What Women Want, Really, and another called When Your Relationship Changes. Her two novels are Finding My Way and Sessions, Memoirs of a Psychotherapist. Join us now as Dr. Foster reveals the naked truth about men and romance. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Hi, Sandy. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So let's start with the beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. You say that um, our expectations of romance begin in childhood. Can you tell us? A little bit more about that, please. Yes, I can. The The truth is that uh, the genders don't like each other or play together very much. There's, there's exceptions. But basically, they're, they're so different. You know, like girls are focusing on each other. Their dialogue tends to be rich. They make self-disclosures, and that's the key to, to bringing about their friendship. At the same time, boys like to be in groups and center around competitive activity. Their conversation is minim- minimized, you know. They're establishing hierarchies, and um, personal revelation is discouraged when you're playing soccer or football or something. So when the couple, a couple comes together, they tend not to know very much about each other until suddenly they're put together through sexual urges, you know, that compel us to become intimates. Then the relationship is intense. But she is expecting emotional closeness that develops through dialogue and empathic listening from him. That includes tuning in so he can ask relevant questions of her, Um, him watching for the rise of feelings in her as she talks and staying with her verbally and non-verbally and listening for changes. Men don't have any training in that, and their brain structure is different. Hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was a mouthful. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, there's, are... there's, there's no other area of life where we would be okay with having so little information going in in comparison with such a big decision. We We have to learn that our brain structures and our hormones promote different motives and agendas. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, let me ask you this, because I know mm-hmm. that this is generally true and these are generalizations, that not mm-hmm. every girl is raised in the same way and not every boy is raised in the same way, but you're speaking generally um, girls are raised to be more emotionally um, connected and connect through their emotions and they disclose things about themselves through these connections. And boys are playing sports. They are establishing hierarchy through their games and play, but they don't really speak emotionally about themselves. 
I'm actually, interestingly, I'm actually not talking about how somebody's raised. I'm okay. talking more about our brain structure and how it mm-hmm. orients us in a certain way, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, for instance, you know, we know that moms spend twice the amount of time teaching their little boys to have re- empathic responses. Mm-hmm. But at the, but what, what happens is, you know, there's, there's hundreds of studies that show that females have more empathy. So despite the, the training that moms try to give, you know, there, there's, there's uh, much less empathy in men. And, and that makes sense if you think about it, because women were the ones that gave birth. And, it, you know, in, in the United States and all over the world, the top killer of kids is still accidents. So Mother Nature sensitized her to have a lot of empathy so she can predict what the kid's going to do next. She can kind of get into their head to hopefully prevent most of those accidents. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... So the brain, the brain structure is different, um, but is there no effect on how a mother raises her child, or does that have very little effect on, on I, how I they think, how they are? I think there is effect. It, it, interestingly, my my daughter and her husband um, have read all my books, and they <laughs> they have a son, <laughs> and they are trying really hard to teach him empathy. Now he's four. And what he's gotten so far, you know, is that if a kid on the playground gets hurt, he goes and lays on top of them, <laughs> which is very sweet, you know. Uh, and uh, as the dad says, you know, most of the things he apologizes for, he has actually done himself. But mm-hmm. he, but what I like about what they're doing is that he's actually learning the language of empathy. And I think boys learning that before the age of nine is a very good idea. Now, I say nine, Sandy, because uh, somewhere between the ages of nine and 15 um, in our culture, it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's closer to nine, but a boy's daily quotient of one cup of testosterone going through his body per day soars up mm-hmm. to two gallons a day. Woo. And, yeah, and see, that hormone enlivens his hypothalamus, you know, part of the brain structure, to grow twice as big as a girl's. And that makes a lot of things different, including it pushes sexual conquest to the front of his thinking. Right. So a lot of people, even at this age, get really tripped (laughs) up by men's desire to have sex. And this is talked about so much. Um, So Mm -hmm. if we could just jump to that for a second. Oh, we can jump. Um, Okay. (laughs) And then we can go back to men's and women's brains and how they're different, because I still find that to be really interesting. Um, but so a lot of women complain that men just mm-hmm. want to have sex, and um, and so you know I've I've done a lot of reading about this too, and how men's testosterone levels are so much higher than ours that mm-hmm. <clears throat> sex is in the forefront of their brain, but that doesn't mean yeah. that that we have to comply <laughs> with <laughs> their desire. So so what do you what do you think about um, well, the I, fact I, that I, we I have different woman. desires? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a woman should be sexual when she wants to be sexual, particularly at the at the beginning of the relationship. I I, I think the the physical piece is going to be more symbolic for her, and she needs to establish more emotional connection um, before she's able to 
to do the physical, to, to add the physical piece to it. And she's got to mm-hmm. be really true to herself, you know. Right. On the right. other hand, <laughs> I would say this, that once you're in a relationship, um, guys can be really deadened and hurt. You know, when you do psychotherapy, you get a kind of a front row seat on some of these disclosures from men. Um and it goes back to that men are four times more likely than women to see sex and emotional closeness as the same thing. It, it, when you really think about that, that's pretty big. You know, women see it as mm-hmm. two different things. In fact, she needs the emotional closeness before she feels open sexually. For him, it's the same thing. So often when he wants to be physical, it's because he wants to create the emotional feeling. Mhm. Yeah, I think right. men women... made up the I think men are the ones who made up the term making love. Like you you create love as you're sexual. I think that's a man's idea. But if a mm-hmm. woman doesn't get that, she can feel kind of used. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. So she has to establish what she needs, but but if she's too withholding, then it can be really hurtful to a man. Especially once the relationship is begun, you know, I th- I think at the onset of the relationship, it, what what continues to motivate him to pursue the relationship is that sex will be forthcoming at some point. Mm-hmm. And th- and that yeah. isn't be- that isn't because he's a dog. It's it's because the way his brain structure is, he experiences sex and emotional closeness as the same. Mm-hmm. Right, so I, I I tell my clients that if mm-hmm. they are attracted, they should let the man know, but they should also mm-hmm. let them know what their dating standards are and what their That's a good you idea. know who, so that mm-hmm. you know there is a promise of sex in the future. It's not like, well, I will never have sex with you because you're a yeah. dog. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there are men who will say on a first date. I mean, even before they meet, I am just amazed at how. Yeah. The, the social skills of yeah. some of these men, uh-huh. they, they're just like, you know, I have to test drive before before we have, a, you know, any dates. So do you want to have a sexual encounter? Thank you for being so open. And oh, my God. It's just like, <laughs> oh, um, my. I don't think so. Yeah, this actually, uh-uh. these dialogues happen. Um, so, yeah, that's an extreme. Okay, so but let's, let's talk about... Um, let's talk about some of the uh, other ways that men and women's brains differ. Well, you know, I, I think, yeah, I, you know, we we all live in contemporary life. We we kind of live more in the moment, but we we have to stop to think that our brains are very old, and they adapted to certain roles that we had through ninety nine point nine percent of human history. If you if you get a a picture in your head that men were hunters forever and women were nurturers. Then you can start to digest how this works in a romance because, you know, there's at least three areas. One, one is that men had to toughen themselves emotionally to be able to kill and to do battle. They suspended empathy. At the same time, women were giving birth, which hormonally flooded them with empathy. And, you know, empathy is that ability to get in somebody else's shoes. So in, men and women are different emotionally. That's the first thing. The, the second thing is when men were hunting and killing or pursuing animals, their testosterone would sharply spike. Um, 
and of course, like you mentioned, men have 10 to 20 times the testosterone women do now. That causes a sexual focus. It also causes them to be self-oriented or strongly self-interested. Now, at the same time, women were developing a lot of oxytocin because they were um, taking care of kids, so they they had the emotion or, or the hormonal structure of somebody who took care of kids. That meant that she had to be willing to give a lot and to sacrifice. I mean, have you noticed young women with their little babies or little kids, and it's it, it's so hard, you know? But they they mm-hmm. give and give and give, and the oxytocin allows them to. Then, right, the, then the third thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, then the third thing is that men it has to do with language. Uh, men developed as silent stalkers of prey, and they use language in staccato and factual ways, They're kind of bare bones, kind of a thing. At the same time, women were talking all day, raising kids, and they were also cooperating with other women. So talk, talk became a primary way to establish closeness, whereas men remained more physical. That's very well put. I think it makes it very succinct and easy to understand how we still have so much of what was established so long ago. And as so many women think that we have, because we've evolved and men think so too, that things will be different in terms of relationship. And I would love to believe that that's true and maybe we have a little bit more equality in certain ways, but I think the courting rituals are still very similar and men still enjoy the hunt. They still have more difficulty with expressing emotion and empathy. And if we understand that, we have a hard, an easier time relating to each other and, and not blaming, yeah. but being more compassionate and understanding. You know, Sandy, can I go back for just a sec? Because you were talking about sure. the, the, the men who say, I need to have a test drive before I want to be in a relationship yeah. or whatever. And, I, and I'm curious about those guys. I, I was just reflecting that they they might, in fact, it's probably likely, you know, that they were in uh, another relationship or marriage or whatever where they were denied sex for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. and they know they can't do that again, you know. They know they're too dead when it's like that. And so I, I'm not excusing them, but I'm just, I, if I were a woman, I'd want to explore that a little bit because actually we know that men have 2.5 times greater an area donated to the sexual hunt. Mm-hmm. And so they they want to feel that. They need to feel that hunt to feel masculine. And yeah. as you put at the very beginning of the show, you know, um, a woman wants to be in a romance because she wants to feel her femininity. She doesn't need another work relationship, you know. And a guy mm-hmm. wants to feel his masculinity. Right. So th- it's a good point. And I think what happens is people write each other off really quickly. Uh, I worked with yeah. a client once, a, a man, who had that very same idea about having sex early on because sex was so important to him. In fact, it was the first thing he wrote to me about was, you know, sex in midlife and what do we do and how do we navigate our changing bodies and what do you think? And and he was just obsessed with the topic of sex. And he ended up meeting a woman who held him off with the sex. And because she established herself as a sexy, high-value woman, he was Mm -hmm. willing to wait. 
Um, yeah. You know, she made him get tested. She, you know, she was careful. And he she respected her. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I would tell my clients. But mm-hmm. but I think that we do often just write people off so quickly yeah. and we think they're, you know, they're they're just horrible people because they say these things and and I love that you you know, you talk about getting curious and exploring things and, and not with everybody obviously. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, we need to stop being so judgmental, I think, mm-hmm. and uh and ask more questions. By the time you're 40 or whatever, you know, you've got thick histories. And mm-hmm. you, you can say something that would make sense if somebody got the whole background of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it, it takes time to, to know somebody. Fortunately, in a dating process, you know, you, you are understanding that dating is an experiment. And yeah. you, you, you can't just get all the answers about it. You've got to live it. You know, a, a human being is such an energetic, <laughs> you know, you, you you just have to get in there and experience it. That's true. Um, so let's talk about some of the mistakes that women make because mm-hmm. we just talked about some, some of the things yeah. that we do to judge each other. And um, mm-hmm. So if you could just highlight, like, maybe three of the biggest mistakes that you've seen women make in dating and, and sure. maybe also just give women the ways that they can turn them around and be more successful. You bet. Well, the first one would be that when we're attracted to somebody, we project ourselves onto them. We assume they're like we are. And, and this is natural. We we can hardly help it. But un, unmet expectations can lead to disappointment, which if repeated can lead to a relationship breakup. And we have to be careful because women initiate two-thirds of divorces. And and I think they do it because largely of unmet expectations. They don't get what they grew up expecting from a girlfriend, you know. So mm-hmm. that's one reason I, I wrote wrote the book. Um, second, women drop their female friendships. And we know that it isn't really, research shows us that it isn't really romance that stays off loneliness long term. It's friendships. It's the people that you just like and you get together with just to be yourself. Um, There was a German study where uh, if a man was joined by his significant other, a female, as he's preparing for a stressful circumstance like giving a speech or something, his female partner's presence lowered his stress level a lot. But if a woman was in a stressful circumstance, like if she was preparing preparing for a speech, and she's joined by her guy, her stress levels surge upward. Now, the reason we think is probably because men give support by giving advice, and that Mm -hmm. can make you feel pressured into something. Women give emotional support in a completely different way. They offer acceptance and validation. Now, you, you may be able to train a guy <laughs> to, to do this, but it's important that you naturally get it from female friends. You know, two, mm. two women have a lot of circulating oxytocin, oxytocin, which contributes to being very giving, um, to bonding, um, to ex- expressing kindnesses, you know, to be willing to be emotionally close. In fact, you know, they, they're even looking at treating autistics with oxytocin. 
But it's very it's very different from the competition and the concealment uh, that happens between two men. And you know, a- another thing about female friendships, Sandy, is that uh, we used to think that the response to stress was fight or flight, right? And that was because 90% of the research on stress had been done on men. But if you target female subjects, which UCLA did in the study, they found that women uh, respond to stress very differently. They tend and befriend. So they tend children or they tend a garden or they tend something. They take care of it. And they befriend women because when they do that, soothing oxytocin is released as she socializes and as she feels bonded. So female friendship, it's a big deal that Mm -hmm. women keep their female friendship. In fact, I'd even go so far as to say this. I think the first wave of feminism, you know, it focused on political independence, like getting the vote. And the second wave focused on economic independence, getting women viable, true work. But I think the third wave needs to focus on relational independence. As long as we keep seeing coupling and romance as the, as the only real viable relationship, you know, as it, it keeps women from building networks of just plain female friendships. In fact, there was a French study that showed that female friendship was the major contributor to happiness, ranking 85 in the 85 percentile um, of of what made them flourish and what made them happy. So I think that's that's a big deal. I, the the other thing I'd say in terms of mistakes, you know, the the first one is yeah. projecting yourself onto the guy, you know, and not knowing right. that he's different. And the second is to drop female friendships. The third is that women doubt themselves, and and they give themselves. Oh, too much away, you know, and and it's by virtue of their very natures. It has to do with being highly empathic. It, it, you know, they get into somebody else's shoes. So that means you can accidentally give up your own shoes. So mm-hmm. she she has to be careful that she ma- maintains her friendship. She keeps asking herself, "What do I want to do? What 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 am I thinking?" You know, and not just in a new relationship, just kind of give herself over to what the guy wants. Yeah, I think that that last one is probably one of the most common that I've seen and has led yeah. to a lot of divorces. Um, the friendship yeah. one, I think, is not as common in this age demographic because I think at this age we all we tend to value our friendships so much and women have yeah. incredible bonds and incredible mm. communities of friendships. Mm-hmm. Um so let's let's jump to um we only have a few minutes left so I just want to yeah. really kind of wrap up with something really mm-hmm. juicy. Um <laughs> let's talk about some success tools. Um so so if you can give let's talk about since we're talking about women. Um what are some tips that women can do to be more successful? Um I think I, we, and we touched on this already, but I do think that if a woman signs up with a man, she's making, at least in his mind, an unspoken promise to be sexually available and sexually attractive. I, I don't mean young and skinny. I just mean that she's got to be um, making attempts. And see, if she if she goes back on that, a couple things happen. One is his trust wanes because he feels by committing she made a promise. And secondly he gets deadened, 
and he loses motivation to give her the emotional support. So so that's one. one. And remember, he thinks sex is emotional connectedness. So another thing is um, I think the, the way women talk to men, um, women assume that men are motivated by empathy like they are, when actually mm-hmm. men, because of testosterone, are motivated by wins. So if a, if, a, if a woman comes to talk to a guy about something and she goes, she, she figures, if I present enough of my hurt or enough, enough of what's negative or, or, or what made me feel so pained, he will get, become empathic and he will, um, you know, everything will be okay then. He'll get it. But that isn't really what happens. You know, his, his testosterone-filled brain is efficiency-seeking. So the whole time you're talking, he's trying to figure out what it is you want him to do. And men feel relieved when they know what you want. They get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by a lot of talk about feelings because men don't have the access to emotions that women do. Women feel Mm -hmm. their feelings more frequently and with more intensity than men do. So if she will present the bottom line to him, would you text me at 5 o'clock to let me know if you're coming home for dinner at 6? Okay, mm-hmm. that's a to-do for him. That that feels good. He he looks at that and he goes, I can do that. I can win at the husband thing. I can I can get it. And that feels mm-hmm. good. It, what happens actually, Sandy, is his testosterone goes up and then his dopamine goes up, making him feel very happy. <laughs> right. It's a right. whole different motivation. <laughs> then yeah, he can so say, true. I need to talk... Yeah. Um, you know, then she can say, I need to talk about my feelings. Um, but right. clarify that she doesn't need him to, to change something for her. He, she needs to be understood. She just wants to be understood. Yeah, and I think that this is this is so key, and um, I talk to women about this all the time, mm-hmm. that we tend to talk in story and men tend to talk in headlines, and they're, mm-hmm. they're bottom-lining everything, and yeah. their eyes glaze over when women mm-hmm. talk in stories and they weave in everything and they have no mm-hmm. idea what we're talking about half the time, <laughs> and they just want to know, what, what do you want? How can I make can you I make- happy? And I yeah. think that the idea of women making men happy, that men want to make women happy, they do. is a shock to many women. I know. Uh, and and I, I don't think women understand that because there's so much disappointment and misunderstanding that they often misinterpret. Yeah. So, yeah, very good. Um, yeah. yeah, I think this, these are all great <laughs> tips. Um, and unfortunately, we're out of time. It is such a big topic and so little time to talk about it. But these are yeah. great tips that I think that we can uh, definitely, the audience has learned a lot today. Um, and tell us where they can find you, Catherine. All my books are on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Um, I can also be reached at catherinefosterphd.com. You click on books and it will take you to all five of my books. Um, Catherine is spelled K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Catherine. And thank this, you, this Sandy. This was great. I really appreciate it. And, thank uh, you. Thank you, and thanks, uh-huh. everybody, for listening in today. And I hope you go on your last first date very soon. Bye-bye.